All right, all church serve day, Wednesday night. That's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we always have fun. And usually, you know, for me, it's really fun because, you know, they give donuts and stuff like that that I'm not supposed to eat. But, uh, hey, so good to be with you. Uh, Tommy, I need to ask you, uh, is uh, Pastor Lee's uh, home going open or is it? Yeah. 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 Wow. I want make sure because we're miking and uh, hopefully uh, they were able to pick it up. But Tommy was just talking about Pastor Lee Saunders that his whole life was footprints of, of walking with Christ. And, and uh, he's one of my heroes in the valley. So we're going to have a, a time here Saturday at 1030 and uh, just a good time to celebrate Pastor Lee's life. And and uh, one of my bucket lists was to have Pastor Lee attend church here. So he actually started coming about two months ago. And likely he pulled a trick on me, had to leave early. And, uh, but we're, what, a, what a wonderful man of God. And so, um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. God bless you. That's awesome. Last week uh, on Sunday, I missed uh, Natalie's message, so I watched it last night. Uh, Pastor Kim and I were up at uh, Jake's church, up at uh, Joy Church Eugene, and celebrating their first five years. They're really having a good time up there. And uh, <laughs> Jake told me that one of his problems are that he's, uh, they're attracting so many leaders, they don't know what to do. I said, well, enjoy it. <laughs> Lots of former pastors and leaders and, and people and and so it's just wonderful to just see God moving in, in, in our churches, and uh, especially at Joy Medford. How many of you know we live here? So last week, uh, Natalie uh, was opened up the, this uh, series on the art of neighboring by uh, asking some really pertinent questions about the place we live. You know, I've, I've heard many people that say, well, I was born in Rogue Valley, born in Medford, lived in Medford, and they, they sometimes put pejorative terms like Deadford or Dreadford. But let me just say this. There's an invisible cord that gets a lot of people that leave Medford. They come home. There's something about this place and Rogue Valley that, that is wonderful and beautiful. And uh, uh, what if God had placed you here and placed you in your neighborhood, your workplace, your gym, your sports team, etc., on purpose. I know that we're in Medford on purpose. 
I'd felt like God wanted me to plant a church in Medford, and, and then all of a sudden I got cold feet because I knew that Medford people are like Missouri people. Show me. How many know that Medford's not the most ready to receive everything? And so we got cold feet. And all of a sudden, going back to the Bay Area and planting a church in Fremont seemed to be a lot more fun. And in prayer, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to go to Medford, and I want you to establish my kingdom there. And so we're here on assignment and loving it. But I really believe the same thing, and I think this was the gist, part of the gist of what Natalie was teaching was that, you know, we're, we're placed in our neighborhood, in our city, where, where our kids go to school. We're placed so that we would get to know the name of people. I thought Natalie did a marvelous job of bringing up the fact that as long as a person is unnamed to you, it's easy to say, I have no responsibility for them. I don't know them. Well, let me give an example. We, we, we know, I know all my neighbors by name. And yesterday, because we have water that's running down through the neighborhood, it's not on my property, not on my driveway, but I was talking to our neighbor just across the driveway and, uh, and, and Joe Watson had told me uh, that they had checked it, the city had checked this leak. And, and so we, we got more into the story of the lady. I called her by name, and Kim and I went over. And so we started talking about our compassion about her plight, that here's all this, like, what we think might be a natural spring just popped up in the area of Springbrook and, and all that area. There's natural springs up on the side of our mountains here. And so, all of a sudden, we leave there with her email address, her full name, exchanging phone numbers, and we're that much closer to, A, being nice people. How many of you know nice neighbors beat ones that suck? <laughs> like this phrase, mean people suck. They really do. And I've been one, and I know, you know. And some of you were, uh, could have been part of that, that, that movie called Mean Girls, right? And, and, and we all change, right, we, we, in the Lord, and we become sweet. But part of being sweet is to know the people around you. What are their kids' names? Where, where does everybody work? Do, do you have people uh, in your, in your uh, phone? I use my phone as... Uh, my record keeping, so everybody's phone number's there, and, and so uh, I like to have my neighbor's numbers. So when they call, oh, hi, Bobby, what, what's up, man? How do you have my number? Well, you gave it to me. I just put your full name in there. Oh, well, that's cool. Okay, yeah, it is. But here's a heavy question. What if you're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the place you're planted. How many of you have ever been to Medford? Okay, that's good. Just to make sure we're all, you know, sentient. Well, we're planted here. So it's great to have a, a real burden for China and I Iraq and, and other places. Please have one. But also you need to have a, a compassion for home. To say, I want to know my, uh, my neighbors. I'm going to jump right into the next uh, step 
along the pathway here. Not only do we need to know people's name, but we need to enter into their story. We see in Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 31 from the NLT, it says this, Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem. A man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? It's a good question. Why do you call me good? Jesus asked, only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone, obey your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Now, we're given this story at the sad portion, where Jesus could talk to people and hear their story, and other times he knew their story, just by word of wisdom, word of knowledge. I don't know what the situation is here, but Jesus discerned that this guy was owned by his possessions. And, 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 and to really be a disciple of Jesus Christ and really enter, enter into eternal life, you, you've got to not own anything. You give it away to the Lord. I know it's really a bad doctrine to teach in America because it's my phone, my phone, and my pad, my iPad, my precious and this guy was saying, hey, I really want to do the religious thing. I want, to, I want to serve you and follow you. Jesus said, well, the best way to do that is unencumber yourself. Kind of like you want to roll with us, you got to roll like I roll. Jesus gave away all of heaven's treasures to come here. And it says that, that, that looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. He had a natural connection and so one could say, well, this is how, it, how it, it lays in Scripture. But how many of you know that by Jesus entering into his story, Jesus feeling love for him, and Jesus telling him the truth, we don't know where he ultimately ended up. I, I am hoping that when we get to heaven that there will be more to the story. Yeah, here's fill in the, the blank, you know. Mateus, you know, and, 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 and he gave his heart completely to Jesus. But he had to hear the hard one because someone knew him enough to tell him the truth. The second guy is Zacchaeus. Many have heard of you. Um, all of us people who are, are uh, short, I appreciate that. Though I might, I'm not short compared to some people, and therefore I married a wife that was even shorter. Okay. And, and, and for all of you that are short like Zacchaeus was, I've got good news for you. Your feet reach clear to the ground, so don't feel discouraged. Okay. Jesus entered Jericho, made his way through the town. Looking at uh, Luke 19, there was a, a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. 
He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, come, or she said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. It's one thing to be a sinner, but a notorious means you've really achieved some notability here. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. <laughs> kind of like, now here's a small print, provided they contact me within six months. And you know, Zacchaeus and Associates disassociates any other fraudulent claims. <laughs> anyway, he was going to pay back. I think that's pretty awesome. He wasn't going to just say, hey, I'm sorry about what I did, but I really enjoy that swimming pool that that money bought. But he said, I'll pay back four times. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of God. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Jesus was able to enter into deep conversations with these people because he spoke personally into their story. This is what I love is personal evangelism. I've done all kinds of evangelism. I've stood where they're having all the riots now in Portland. I've stood uh, in, in Portland State area and on the park blocks and screamed the gospel back in the days when that was uh, kind of what street preachers did. I've done late night uh, evangelism in, uh, in the, the, the murder capital of Portland, the Lovejoy abortion clinic. I remember on Northwest and 14th or whatever it is, going to a coffee house, going out in the streets, inviting people to come in, have soup with us. And, and so I've done all kinds of evangelism, but the kind of evangelism I love the most, and it can be rather quick, but it's not cold call. It's not me just finding, you know, okay, here's a human, I'm gonna go ask them if they know the Lord. But, but when, when there's a connection some way or the other, then I like to be able to share the gospel personally, personally. I don't know, did you guys get saved institutionally or personally? I mean, isn't that kind of like you felt the Lord really knew your name? He really cared about you. He wanted you. And though he had plenty of other things to distract him, you know, keeping the universe is quite a job. He still called you by name. And, and, and all of these people that Jesus called, like Zacchaeus, like the rich young ruler, though the rich young ruler, didn't respond at this time. Jesus could do that because he personally cared for people and entered into that. The second thing is that Jesus was able to enter into a rather deep conversation with these people because he had compassion on them. I don't know about you, but I think of heaven and I think of eternity all the time, every day. And, and, and let me just say this. First uh, John says, he that has the son has life. He that does not have the son does not have life. Every one of our rel relatives are screaming on their way to hell if they don't get saved. 
So it's important that we're building bridges, that we're servicing bridges, that we are doing more than just trying to be keepers of the aquarium. How many of you know we're all the fish that have been caught and we're swimming around? Boy, I really am joining the church. I love Joy Church. I do. And I love the care that you guys show me. But I will tell you this. We, we need to get warmed. We need to get filled. And then we need to talk to people who are on their way to hell. And Jesus had compassion. He had compassion on sick people. He had compassion on poor people. He had compassion on de demonic people, demonized people. Jesus was full of compassion. I can't live my life indifferent. I can't live in my neighborhood and go, you know, man, I live in East Medford and most people here are rich or assume it. They're not. Let me just say this. You, you lose a, a mate to cancer or you lose a child. You know, I just met a man in Eugene. He's a pastor and he teaches on grief. And he was, went to look for his 26-year-old daughter. She's supposed to have checked in and he drives down the street and he sees she's dead in an accident. He spent just time, God, 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 why? So what did he do? Now he and his wife have a ministry. They're trying to actually build a place for grieving people to stay. See, you don't know what's going on with people if you, if you don't even know their name. You don't care. You don't want to enter the story. Well, you know, I got problems of my own. Duh, Fritz, we live in the earth. Let's just do an equation. Earth, problems, heaven, joy forevermore. Do it with me. Earth, problems, heaven, joy evermore. Every person who ever had compassion on the lost lived on earth where they had problems. And it's rising above just being worried about your hair and your nails and entering into someone else's. Jesus loved the young man, the rich young ruler. He cared for Zacchaeus. He bypassed cultural prejudice to meet with Zacchaeus and go to his house. Jesus' behavior was not based on the person's ultimate decision. Well, you know, I'm not going to witness to that guy because I don't think he's open. <laughs> how, how, do you, how do you soften the soil? Put some water on it. The sower sows seed. Johnny was saying the other day, he wants to scatter seed like crazy. He's a maniac. He's already doing it. He thinks he's going to do it more. I don't know how he can do it more. He does it all the time. What's that mean? Sow the love of God. Preach the gospel. Sing songs to the Lord. Everyone in our neighborhood hears Johnny singing praise at 11. They all hate him. And, you know, so, we, so they know they don't. I've had, you know, neighbors, oh, someone's singing really nice. Yeah, that's... Now that's St. John Aquinas. That's my son. <laughs> Sowing seeds and not worrying about, is this guy worthy to be saved? Is this person going to uh, tell me to stick it? I've, I've had many, many people tell me, no, heck no. In other words, what's that got to do with my, the Great Commission? I'm here to, to preach the gospel to all creatures, all of God's creation, everybody. The disciples of Jesus didn't understand his preoccupation with this neighboring thing. 
And he had to explain to them in John chapter 4, he said, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me. You know the saying, for four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. I want to tell you something. Medford's ripe. One time we, 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 we did a training for a church in, in Bend, and they were saying, ain't nobody in, in, in uh, our county, Deschutes County or whatever they're in, uh, nobody's open to the Lord. And so we went off into, uh, I think, the, 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 the steel mill district. They had the old steel mill, and we were evangelizing, and, and, and people were open to the Lord. And we got back to the church, and they go, we didn't know. And the answer was, we never tried we assume people weren't open. Can I tell you, everyone's closed that you don't talk to because you don't know. And Jesus saw people with eyes of compassion and that compelled him to enter into their story. Following uh, this uh, situation in John 4, we're going to look at nine, uh, excuse me, Matthew 9, verses 35 through 38. Jesus was teaching in the towns and villages of the area, in the synagogues, and announcing the good news about the kingdom, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. This is what I'm praying for. Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal. Lord, rock Medford, rock this church with uh, a ton of healing miracles, deliverance miracles. I love it when someone's like frothing at the mouth in church. I think it's awesome to have someone just, and everybody, I want to come to nice church. No, no, I want to come to exciting church where demons are screaming out and then crazy stuff. One time I was preaching away and this, this lady had a demonic force and she zoomed up and she went into that closet there. She thought she was hitting the exit and she stood there in the dark and like, I'm kind of like watching, you know, and, and all the youth over there were watching. After a while, she opened the door meekly and continued her exit. Come on now. When Jesus is in the house, crazy stuff goes down. People get healed. People get delivered. Demons cry out. It's just as easy for Jesus to restore blind eyes as it is for him to say your sins are forgiven. It's just as easy for him to take someone who's paralyzed and restore them physically. We're talking about the real gospel. The gospel of Jesus is more power than just being a nice guy. Well, he must be a Christian. He's nice. No, he's a Mormon bishop. Which I appreciate nice Mormons and nice everything. But I'll tell you what, the kingdom of God is not about being nice. It's about power. It's about power through the Holy Spirit. Okay, now it's our turn. It's our turn to begin to be the kind of a neighbor that Jesus is. It starts with love, compassion, and seeing people with Jesus' eyes. You and I have the opportunity to enter into that kind of a life. Now, I want to tell you how to be deceived. To be deceived is to, you know, maybe grab another Christian and take him to lunch today. Yeah, I'm kind of like really invested. You know, I took someone to lunch. No. Okay, you took a Christian to lunch, but why not <clears throat> take your neighbor to lunch? Huh? How about your neighbor that their face is brilliant red by four in the afternoon because of their drinking problem? 
Now you're kind of getting into the kind of a spirit that Jesus was into. And I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to change you, though, which can sound like condemnation until you do it like you're being told to do it. Excuse me. It's amazing how our minds can deceive us. And we just keep the religious treadmill that we're on. And people are saying, we need culture change. Culture change happens when there's conversion change. It starts with love. And then it, it requires you to become a good listener. Listen to the person and listen to the Holy Spirit. I did a teaching for a group of kids up in Canada, and it kind of got a life of its own called the language of longing. Many people say, I don't know how to, how to talk to sinners. I do. Sinners may not understand about you jumping about in the Holy Ghost. They, they don't get that, you know. But they do get the fact that when you're as lonely and it cuts like a knife, that Jesus is there to help you through those darkest days, like the prophetic word that Sophie was giving. People understand, there, there's a language of longing, and Jesus spoke to where people lived. He's out there talking to the rejected woman in John 4 at Jacob's well, and she's not there with the other women. And, and, and if you've been in those cultures, they're very social. And she was a social out, outcast. And yet Jesus said, I've got time for you. And then he began to enter into her story. Yeah, you know, they talked about, strange that you're <laughs> hanging with us, you know, I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew. That wasn't her, her need. That was what she knew religiously, but that wasn't her need. Jesus listened until he found people's needs. I think sometimes we run out in the fervor, <laughs> we never even heard their need. We're trying to give them the answer we perceive they need. How about actually finding what their need is? Because Jesus is the answer to every human need. Loneliness, betrayal, rejection, being forsaken, being maligned as an illegitimate birth. Jesus understands quite a bit of human problems. And he listens. And God wants us to ask the Holy Spirit. Linger and learn. Relationship takes time. Last week, Natalie ta taught us that, the, that the, the speed of love is about three miles an hour. And I am telling my wife, if she loves me, she'll slow down to that so I can keep up. Denise Odom, are you here? Yeah, I am that slow, huh? Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm in a competition for speed. I'm taking on a, on, on a glacier in Montana, and I think I'm still moving faster, you know. Relationship takes time. Walk at the speed of love. And I like the, I'm, I'm out of uh, sequence on my notes, and time's up, 10 minutes left. Okay, I'm reading the sign here. I don't know what happens if I go over it. I think a hole opens up here and I just shoot, go into a lion pit. But I'm gonna talk to you about the always rule. And my wife was complimenting, she said, honey, you do the always rule. 
if I see someone new in the neighborhood, hi, I'm Steve. My wife Kim and I and the COVID brothers and all of us live <laughs> down the street. That's our intern guys. I nicknamed them the COVID brothers because they all had COVID at the same time. Isn't that a groovy name? It's like, like being called Simon the leper. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's a biblical name. And so, well, the COVID brothers and I, we all live down here. And, uh, and uh, where are you from? And I'm so glad you're in a neighborhood. And then all of a sudden, every time you see him, hey, Rob, how are you? How are you and, and Christy doing and your new baby that you adopted? We're doing good. Always, always stop to make sure you, you, you meet people. I'd like to talk to you about an encounter I had, a power encounter that was kind of weird. It doesn't totally fit the bill here, but it came from compassion. I was, I think, a senior in Bible college, and I was staying at my brother-in-law Jim's house and Sister Sharon's. I paid room and board there. And my brother-in-law had a TV repair shop right in his house. It was a big house on Burnside Street in Portland. And I walk in one night, and uh, I was really jacked up, you know, on the Lord. And uh, Bible college really encourages that. It's kind of a neat thing. And, uh, and I see a biker dude, his blind wife, and his sister sitting there. And my brother-in-law was, was sharing the gospel with them. <laughs> and the blind woman was blind because her husband got mad one night and punched her in the eyes and literally put out her lights. And so I was hearing my brother-in-law witness, and he was doing a decent job. But the Holy Spirit said, tell him he's on his way to hell at 90 miles an hour, and there's no hope for him. Now, that's kind of a weird thing for the Holy Spirit to tell you to say. But, you know, I'm in my early, to, early 20s still, and I just look at this dude, and I say, buddy, I want you to know. You're on your way to hell at 90 miles an hour, and there's no hope for you. And he starts to get up to fight me, and then he begins to shake. And he says to me, no hope? I said, unless you give your life to Jesus Christ right now, there's no hope for you. He said, I want God. His blind wife said, I want God. His sister said, I want God. The three of them got saved that night. A year later, he called Jim. He said, hi, this is Rick. And he gave a last name. This is Rick, the Christian. When are we going to quit treating people like they're play people? Think about the guilt you'd feel if you hurt your wife that way. He was a tough dude. He would have wasted me. Good thing my brother-in-law was there. He was strong. He'd have rescued me maybe. 
Or maybe God would say, just beat him another time. He needs some humility. That's why I love Joy Church. 2019, we had 500 people say yes to Jesus. I have critics that say, well, where are they? I'll tell you what. When you say yes to Jesus, <laughs> he'll never deny you. He'll never abandon you. Sometimes it's good to go through abandonment. Sometimes it's good to go through disappointment. Sometimes it's good to have people really let you down because it makes you appreciate the one who never does any of that. And that's the character he wants us to walk in. Feel the power of the Holy Spirit here. We have to talk. Coffee is so inexpensive. A bag of popcorn is so cheap. Sometimes people will start talking to me, and I think that as slow as I am, I might die of old age before they're done. And I realize they're so lonely, and I'm not. Paul said, I will become all things to all people that I might win some. We all have to overcome our fears, don't we? I'm afraid to talk to people. I'm afraid of this. I know. But when like William Booth and his wife Catherine, when you have visions of people drowning in the sea and the indifferent Christians playing cards on the side, it moves you. This, uh, this message is not over. Someday it'll be over. Someday the eastern sky is going to split. And all evangelism ends then when we see the Lord return. But until I die, I've got to save one more. And then one more. And then one more. And then one more. And one more discouraged person. I need to encourage them. One more. Just one more. How much is enough money? A little more. When God gets a hold of you with this art of neighboring, you begin to be like that business person that wants more money. You want more souls. It's addictive. Please get addicted with me, could you? Right now as as we've had some worship, some beautiful words from the Lord, an amazing message. I just want to invite those of you who have come into this place saying, I need a change. Good news, this is the place to get change. More than a makeover or a slight alteration, the Lord says that if you'll call on his name, he'll give you a brand new life. And so the Lord has done all the heavy lifting. 
but he asks us to believe and he asks us to call on his name. So if everyone could close your eyes and bow your head. I'd like every one of you that came in this place looking for change. If you'd like to join God because he's already joined you, he's already paid for your complete salvation and eternal reward. He's already paid for it. Just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I, I want in. I want God. I want to join that guy, Rick, and say, Lord, I want God. I want God. Very quickly, if you're here and you've not received Jesus, be nice to see you. Raise your hand. This is a great day. First day of spring. Wouldn't that be a great birthday for you? Have spring in your soul. I want to pray for the rest of us. How many of you say, Pastor, please pray for me because I need more energy in that area. I want to give some attention to it. Okay. First thing is do not do it from guilt. Do it from conviction. This is the right thing. And then secondly, expect to do it poorly and the Lord will train you. You're not always going to be like Billy Graham on your first time you tell people about Jesus. But let me tell you something. When you get that first person saved and you realize it was the message, wasn't your slick packaging, it was the message. You showed someone as a fellow beggar where to get bread. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I pray for everyone in this house. Lord, we're all learning. Lord, there are times when I get tired and I, I drop my witness. I focus more on myself. And then I realize that, no, 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 I can't do that. People need the Lord. I pray, Father, that you would just continue to work by your spirit. And, Lord, allow that evangelism, which is so strong in this church, to even be stronger. Thank you, Lord. Bless your people. Grant them peace, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Please give it up for Pastor Stevens. Thank you for such a great word. Man, that was awesome. Anybody just encouraged to go do that, to not just go get their name, but now to go get their story and share the love of Jesus? I'd encourage you to do that all week long. You can do that in your connect groups. So we're meeting tonight, and next week is our outreach. Let's do that there. Um, if you want to learn how to do it more just in this church and getting plugged in, discovering your purpose and your gifts, how to get involved, you have growth track during our 11 o'clock service. You can join us today or you can join us next week.